The reading this morning is from Galatians chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Three, thanks so much, and thanks to Sam for leading us and, and everybody and participating. And let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for, for how you speak to us. And right now, as we hear what you're saying, we uh, bless you that you're here by your spirit, moving in this place. And we give you all the glory, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so as Caroline said, we've been thinking about faith and freedom, and we are coming to the end of looking at this letter of the Apostle Paul to the Galatians, and um, we're going to look at, if the tech allows, we're going to have a short one-minute video clip. This is of William Wallace, um, or Mel Gibson, uh, rallying his troops to fight for freedom, uh, and uh, we'll just... Have a moment of this. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Fight against that? No! 
run! And we will live. Die. Fight, and you may die. Run, and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Does that, I think that means Scotland forever or something, Alba, Gubra, what does it mean, Patrick? No. <laughs> Very good. But it's not iron brew. But he had drunk a lot of it before he did that. <laughs> yes. Now, obviously the Scots were scared facing this massive army of the English, but there he was rallying the troops. What's it worth if you run away? And yes, we might die, but let's fight for our freedom. Freedom is worth fighting for. But William Wallace couldn't have done it on his own, could he? Uh, we know he came to a sticky end. You can watch the end of the film. Uh, but sorry, I'm, I'm brilliant at ruining films if you haven't seen them. <laughs> but he had to rally his troops because they had to fight together. And we've got to fight together for freedom. We need to work together for freedom. Do you know, there's a, 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 I guess, when we think of freedom, we might think, well, yeah, you know, there's that song from the 60s, Rolling Stones, it's been covered by different people. Uh, I'm free to do what I want any old time. Yeah, and uh, we think, yeah, that's what freedom is, isn't it? I can do whatever I want. But if you go down that road, if, if we all just say, well, I'm going to do whatever I want any old time, then you, get, you end up with anarchy. Because, you know, I'm free to drive on the right-hand side of the road. Well, yes, but you're going to crash into someone else, aren't you? Um, it just doesn't work like that. We've got to work out, well, what does freedom mean in a community? And is it even possible in a community? Well, yes, it is. And Paul, in Galatians chapter 6, describes a couple of things we can do to uh, grow in freedom together as a community. So the very first thing he says is this, um, we should look out for one another. Freedom isn't just, I want to do what I want to do any old time, it's actually I'm now free from myself, my selfish desires and just doing what I want to do. I'm now free to serve others in love as we heard last week. And that means looking out for other people. Looking out for others in the community. I'm freed, if you like, from just my agenda to look at, well, what is other people's needs? He says at the start of the chapter, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. You know, we're tempted to say, oh, well, I don't want to get involved. You know, that's your life. You live your life, I'll live my life. And far be it from me to suggest that what you're doing is not quite right, you know. Um, but actually, we, we owe it to one another to look out for one another. And sometimes we do get caught in a sin. Um, you know, like a bird that gets caught in a trap or is in a cage. 
Are you just going to watch and, and watch, or an animal, you know, are you just going to just watch and leave them there? Or are you going to say, well, actually, I could help that person get out of this, perhaps it's a repeated thing. They just find themselves, they can't stop doing it. They keep um, making the same mistake over and over again. They're caught, they're trapped. We need each other. You know, sometimes we need each other to, um, to point out, you know, we don't always see it ourselves. You ever had that? You think, you can't see it in yourself, but someone else points out to you. So why are you so angry? You think, oh, I didn't think I was angry. But then it hits home and you think, hmm, <laughs> maybe I am actually. Maybe there's something going on there. Maybe someone's spoken a word of truth to me there. You who live by the Spirit, as we were saying last week, those who walk by the Spirit, who are led by the Holy Spirit, um, we should seek to restore that other person. But do it gently. Be nice. <laughs> Treat one another with kindness and uh, respect. Now, the thing is, if we want freedom together as a community, um, it can get messy. Because people are messy. <laughs> and Sam's asked us to, to note down the things that we're not too proud of, that we think we ought to maybe change in our lives. Uh, we've all got them. And when we all come together, guess what? We bring it all together. You know, you think when you, well, when I get married, I'll meet Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, and they will fix me. <laughs> you know, we'll be a perfect match. And it'll, no, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't, because you're a mess and they're a mess. <laughs> and you just get more of a mess when you come together. I mean, it'd be wonderful, maybe. But don't look for another person to sort all your problems out. When we get together, it's messy. And so Paul offers kind of some, what seems like contradictory advice, but it's actually quite wise balance uh, in what he's saying. Uh, in verse 2 in this passage, he says, carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. Then he seems to completely con contradict himself in verse 5 by saying, each one should carry their own load. <laughs> carry each other's burdens, Oh, no, no, no. Each one should carry their own load. Why is he saying these two seemingly contradictory things? Well, that's because a burden and a load are two different things. If I see someone, if I see my brother and sister in church struggling with a burden that is actually really weighing them down, it's kind of too much for them. It's too heavy then I'm called, where I can, to, to help them, to carry them. Say, do you know what? I'll come alongside you. In fact, he says, you're fulfilling the law of Christ. You're doing what God wants. You're loving your neighbor as yourself. You're living out Christ. You're being Christ to that person. Carry each other's burdens. Support them. Our load, however, is something different. If we go hiking together... Um, you'll come with your backpack and I'll come with my backpack. And what do you put in your backpack when you're hiking? You know, you might put um, a sandwich and a bit of Kendall mint cake. Does anyone like Kendall mint cake? <laughs> it's just sugar. Uh, but you might fancy that because you need the energy. Someone else might say, well, I'm packing a three-course meal, a bottle of champagne and a picnic table. Well, that's your load. <laughs> if you want to carry that, go ahead. Each one should carry their own load. You see, when we want to help one another out, it can get a little bit messy. That's the reality of living together 
in church. There's a danger when you say, I want to help that person. That person clearly is struggling with a problem. I want to, you know, come alongside. There's a danger. I'll tell you what it is. The danger is we start to think we can save that person. We start to think we get what we call a messiah complex. We think, oh, they're really struggling. Don't worry, we'll fix this. And we go in with the best of intentions. We want to help that person. Uh, but then, 10 years later, we found that they haven't changed at all. <laughs> and we're still pouring our love and our support into them, but uh, it's actually draining us and exhausting us. So Paul says here, when you get into this sphere of wanting to help others, number one, watch out, or you might yourselves get tempted. You might end up, stent- ironically, doing the same thing that you're trying to help the other person with. You get sucked in to their thing that they're struggling with. But also, don't think that you're going to be able to save them. He says, if anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. You're there to help, but there's only so much you can do. And then he says, each should test their own actions, and each should carry their own load. And to carry one another's burdens, or to carry one another's burdens, but we can only do it insofar as someone is also willing to take their own load. We've got to help people, but help them to help themselves. You know, I can't keep pouring into you if you're not willing to do something. I can only do so much. And actually, you know, I don't want to be working harder on your problem than you're working on it. <laughs> I can't live your life for you. Much as I'd you know, love to help, actually, if you're not willing to help yourself, there's nothing I can do. Each must carry their own load. And I'm not the saviour here. Jesus is. So some really wise advice if we're living together, if we're working uh, alongside each other. You might look at someone else's load and think, well, they're not carrying very much. You know, they've got like um, uh, just a a a pack of sandwiches. I'm carrying, you know, the blankets. I'm carrying the, the tent and everything. Well, maybe what they're carrying is right for them. And maybe what you're carrying is right for you. Um, We're all different. We carry different loads at different seasons in our lives as well. What Paul says is, don't compare yourself to others. We're all different. We all have different loads, different times. This is part of growing in freedom together as a real community. The next thing he says is one way to... uh, look out for each other as we grow in freedom together, is uh, to offer financial support. He says, uh, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. So if you've got people in your church who are preaching, who are ministering in the word, um, share all good things with them. I love this verse. <laughs> so, you know, feel free to share your car. No, I'm joking. Um, he's not saying share all your good advice about how you could do a better job. He's actually talking about money, believe it or not, without mentioning it. Sometimes we don't like talking about money. Now this church is a generous church. This is a supportive church. We are self-sufficient as a church financially. Uh, we don't receive money from an outside fund, but we have ongoing costs. We've got all obviously the, the building and then we've got the outreach and the stuff we want to do. We've got an administrator, Jennifer, who we pay for, and you've got me, who I receive a stipend from the church. 
But not all churches are that generous. Uh, and some don't really uh, honour those in leadership in a financial way. This church does, but not all churches do. And so Paul, although he would come and would preach for free and take a job and be a tent maker and that sort, sorts of things, um, he says it's, it's, it's not wrong for, for those who are sort of um, ministering to support them financially. It's a way of enabling someone to be freed up to devote themselves to doing this work, this ministry. We've got a choice about what we do with our lives. You know, you mentioned George Michael, and he made some poor choices in his life. He had some struggles with his, you know, fame and all the rest of it, as many people do when they hit fame and fortune and all the rest of it. But we have choices too in our lives. We've got a choice about what field we want to sow in, as it were. Paul says, if you sow to please your, your flesh, your sinful nature, your selfish desires, then you'll reap destruction. <laughs> it says, if you sow to please the Spirit, to please the Spirit of God, if you say, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do, uh, then you will reap a harvest for eternal life. And you might say, well, you know, I, I don't have loads of money, but I've got time. Um, well, you can sow and invest time into kingdom work. This church, we've seen a demonstration of it today. You know, people in the band, pe different people coming up the front, um, people doing all sorts of behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, Sam's up the front, but do you know what? He does a lot behind the scenes as a trustee of this church. There's so much that goes on in this church uh, where people are doing you know, kingdom work, sowing into what God is doing. Just follow what the Lord is calling you to do. Be free. <laughs> when you do a job here in church, it's not a life sentence, okay? <laughs> is it, Daft? <laughs> but the Lord will call you. And the Lord wants you to, you know, not be in a square peg in a round hole, but to find somewhere that, you know what, this is what God wants me to be doing. All sorts of different things. We're a body and we're called to be sowing into different things. So growing in freedom together is about um, looking out for one another and doing what we can to work together. As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Let us not become weary in doing good. What am I going to do with my time, my money, my resources, my gifts, my, my whatever? Well, I have an opportunity to do a lot of good, actually. A lot of good. And then the second and final point, two points in this sermon. <laughs> the second one is this. As a community, if we want to grow in freedom, yeah, freedom. Freedom, come on, Jonathan. We want to focus on the cross of Christ. Now, it might seem very contradictory to say that real freedom is only found in one place. It might seem very restrictive to say that. But actually, it's true. If you want to find real freedom, there's one place to find it. And that's at the cross of Jesus Christ. Because it's at the cross that I'm freed from myself. It's at the cross where all the external stuff doesn't matter anymore. It's at the cross where Jesus takes away my sin and gives me a new identity in him. Paul says that there were people in that church that just wanted to impress people. 
They just wanted to show off. Yeah, they wanted to be, you know, so it's all about the externals. They're just trying to show off. And they're just trying to avoid persecution for the cross of Christ. Paul himself had been persecuted. He says at the end of the letter, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Literal scars from his punishment for following Jesus and preaching the gospel. There's some people just want to avoid that. They hate talking about the cross. Why? Because the cross is where I'm undone. It's where my, I can't bring my pride or my achievements to the cross. What do I take to the cross? I take my sins that Jesus will wash me clean from them. It's the great leveler. It's the one place where we come and I can't be proud. I can't say it's all about me. I've got to say, Lord, it's all about you. And Paul says this amazing thing. He says, I don't want to boast about my achievements. I don't want to boast about external stuff. He says, may I never boast except in one thing and one thing alone, the cross of Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. See, it's at the cross I become like dead to the world around me and the world around me becomes dead to me. I'm no longer slave to all the stuff that can get a hold on me. Whether it's money, whether it's sex, whether it's power, whether it's status, whether it's um, you know, all that the world seems to offer that can get a hold on me, I'm free from all that, I'm dead to that, and I'm alive to Jesus Christ. You know, I was doing a gig on Friday night and uh, playing in the Grey Lady at Tunbridge Wells and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed playing music. Before, though, years ago, I, I remember that feeling that music had, had kind of a hold on me. And while I enjoyed it, I also really struggled with it. But because I kind of laid it down at the cross and keep on laying it down on the cross, weirdly, God's given it back to me. And he gives it back to me better than if I was clenching onto it tightly. Uh, and uh, I was able to play and really enjoy myself. And, and, you know, I got a lot of compliments on Friday night. The singer at the end of the night went like this to me. I said, thank you for bowing down and worshipping me. But in all honesty, I, I, uh, I kind of thought, uh, it's fine. Now, so I do struggle sometimes with that sort of false humility. Oh, well, it was nothing really. But, but actually, do you know what? I'm, f I'm free. I'm free to enjoy the gift that God has given me, to use it, to try and bless people. And I'm not trying to do it to impress people. Freedom. I'm not. It is about freedom. Um, I'm not doing it so you'll like me. So you'll think I'm a great guy. I'm not saying that that motive is never there, but I know that I just want to keep on laying it down. You see, the irony is, when we're dead to the world... And the world is dead to us. We then can actually really enjoy the things of the world. Because we're not slaves to them anymore. We can say, God, thank you for this amazing world that you've made. And we can enjoy whatever it is. It might be rugby. It might be a men's breakfast. It might be cooking. It might be whatever you want to enjoy doing. But you can enjoy it and find freedom in it. But you're not a slave to it anymore because it has its right place. It's not God. Jesus is God. <laughs>
So you keep coming back to the cross. You know, you might be a great painter, you might be involved in the panto, you could be, do you know what I mean? I'm looking around, people do so many things, and we're just a few people, right? Lay it down before the Lord, and you know what? He gives it back to you, and it's better, so much better. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, neither what you do or don't do in terms of laws for God means anything, Paul says. What counts is the new creation. Because you see, when Jesus died on the cross, he then rose again, and you rose with him. And through your faith in Christ, you have a new life. You bring resurrection life with you wherever you go in the world. Because the spirit of Jesus is in you. And you have the hope of heaven in your heart. You're able to share God's grace wherever you go. And so let's finish with these words of Paul's here. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, amen. Let's just, uh, we're going to sing. We're going to sing of God's love for us, how deep the Father's love, how vast beyond all measure. And we're going to say, uh, may I never boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. I want to boast in Jesus Christ, who gave his life as my ransom. Do you know what? Let's stand and sing. We'll, 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 we're going to do something afterwards, but we're going to stand and sing.